this week we will talk about machine learning system design interviews. And we have a special guest today, Valeri. Valeri works at blockchain.com as a head of data science. Before that, he worked in quite a few places, more recently at Facebook, in WhatsApp as a user data privacy tech lead. And then before that, he worked in Alibaba Russia as the VP of machine learning at X5 Retail Group as senior director of data science. And quite a few other places, Yandex, I think, as well. Then also, Valeri is a Kaggle competition grandmaster, and you are ranked globally in the top 30. That's amazing. Was, was ranked. Was, okay. Online, because, I mean, and you now? see... And I don't know, I, I'm trying not to take a look because there is an exponential decay, and if you don't compete, and what is even more important, if you don't win, your score is decaying. And Kaggle is an addiction, so the best way is not to go there because you can't be suddenly find yourself doing the Kaggle again. Yeah, so I got my master's and then for me it was enough. I thought it's just I, too I, much well, time. I, I think you made a very, very wise choice. <laughs> okay, so I briefly already told everyone about your background, but before we go into our main topic of machine learning system design, maybe let's talk a bit more in details about your career journey. Can you tell us a bit? Well, about that? Uh, sure, let's start from the existing time, from the current time. As you said, I'm head of data science in blockchain. So a bit about blockchain first. It's a very old crypto company. Uh, then I say very old, it is very, very old. It was founded in 2011. So imagine, now try to come back in your head to 2011 and imagine you are the person creating the company called blockchain. I mean, come on, it's like to create the company named Amazon in 1997 to sell the books online and you're still alive. Like it's Amazon, eBay. So the companies work with the cryptocurrency, but in a very, to some extent, classical way, because there were two friends. They were working on a company named Coinbase. So the one guy was saying that the money, they have to be in the custody of the company. Another guy was saying, no, 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 the money has to be in the custody of the people. So it has to be non-custodial wallet, which means that nobody except you has an access to the wallet. And so they parted their ways. And another guy, he founded blockchain and it started as a, as a wallet. Then it turned to be also an analytical platform providing on-chain analysis, but then an exchanger and trading. So basically, to some extent, very classic business exchanger wallet analytics, but for uh, non-traditional assets, as we can say, cryptocurrencies is non-traditional. So as a head of data science, it's uh, awful. It's a terrible job title because it's a very broad definition because a head of data science, who, who is that person? So in blockchain, head of data science is a person who's responsible for a data engineering, uh, machine learning, operational engineering, machine learning itself, makes sense, data analytics, BI, business intelligence, uh, product analytics. However, the difference between product analytics and data analytics is so thin that I don't see it. I see no difference almost. And I, I mean, I have spoken about that with a couple of people and I said, I don't know. And business analytics. More like head of data rather than head of yes. data science. To some extent, yes, because it's everything related to data from infrastructure to applications, from analytics to visualization. Before that, I was working in, well, I joined Facebook, left Meta, and I will just 
rotate my screen a bit, you see those two buildings. This is a new Facebook office on the King's Cross. So that's uh, partly the reason why I moved to the King's Cross. However, I had no opportunity to attend this office, which I like the area. So I started to work in a WhatsApp to create and found the team called User Data Privacy, which is kind of a very important team for Facebook because only for user data privacy issues, Facebook been fined for like $5 billion. So you can imagine Facebook does not want that to happen again. Um, it, it was a very interesting change because when I was in Russia, I was working in Alibaba retail company, X5 retail group, retail company, Yandex market, as you can imagine, also retail company. And I switched to, let's say, to some extent, security or integrity. I was very interesting. And so, yes, I spent some time in a, in a, in a Facebook and then in Meta. Then I was thinking what to do next. And I received this offer from people in blockchain. I thought the company is doing great. So the mission is, is, makes sense. Uh, we can speak about that later about the mission, but I don't think it's like this webinar. How do you call it? Is it webinar? Is it like uh, life interview? Life interview. Okay. I don't think it's about like blockchain mission, but like the mission, that's it. Uh, so what else? I was leading quite a big team in my time. Like the biggest team I was leading was almost 150 people, machine learning engineers, data analysts, etc. I was conducting many interviews. I don't know how many, definitely hundreds maybe already in thousands. I don't know. It depends because like, for example, right now, I have an average 30, 40 interviews per week. So like just, it takes an entire week, right? <laughs> it take, well, it takes a lot of time. And unfortunately, it's not the only thing I'm doing. But mm-hmm. having an interview, even if you are the one who asks the questions, is very energy consuming, but very rewarding and very interesting. So my main area is machine learning. I also... Uh, knows a bit about data analytics, A-B testing, and I had to teach myself some data engineering and MLOs, but this is not my strong side. So that, that's mm-hmm. it. And I had a privilege and opportunity to design and implement systems on a large scale. And we say large scale, it might be billions of users per day and hundreds mm-hmm. of billions events per day. There are only a few companies that yeah, can there are, that's give not, you that, right? Not that hard to uh, understand what company that was. Mm-hmm. X5? Of group. course, of course, of <laughs> course. Which, which else? Okay, so let's talk about machine learning system design. So this is a part of the interview process. And you said you did a lot of interviews as an interviewer. And I imagine also like when you were joining Facebook before that, you also had to take this interview. So can you tell us about that? So what is machine learning system design and why is it an important step in the interview process? Okay, before doing that, let's try to review who needs to go through machine learning interview. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, in Facebook, if you are applying or Amazon or Google, and I think other big tech companies as well, because like uh, these three are largest ones in terms of uh, amount of people working there and market cap. So if you're applying for a data scientist position, what would you do? You'd write a SQL code, work with metrics and dashboards. So if you expect that data scientists has some relations to machine learning in these companies, 
you are mistaken. Mm-hmm. People who does machine learning, they are called machine learning engineers, right? Mm-hmm. So, and these people have to pass through software engineer loop in the Facebook and some additional rounds of interview. So for machine learning, and again, for software engineer, there are different stages, but I would say a couple of interviews which are very important in terms of assessing your level. These interviews are, of course, behavioral, project impact, but that makes sense, right? And two very important things is system design interview, which is how to design the system overall, and machine learning system design. This interview is usually conducted for people starting from level five. Of course, at the very beginning, nobody knows what level you are. It might be between four and five, so you might end up being level four, still coming for this interview. Level five is like senior, right? Yeah, true, true. good catch. Yes, level five is a senior. Level five is a senior. It's a terminal level on Facebook, which means that if you're on this level, it is a honorary thing to be on this level forever. And then, so if you ended uh, on level four, probably it was because ML system design interview. So this interview tells the interviewer, tells the Facebook or Google or company, your ability to have an overview of the system. And in 45 minutes, being able to tell the story, almost a monologue of yours about how you will build this system and touch very different points. And also, I know I've seen some questions you prepared. We'll discuss that, how deep you should go. But it's a tricky thing because you have to do that. It's like you're solo in front of the person who is silent and you're under pressure. It might be you've never done that before. There's not that many people in the real world who has the privilege and opportunity to build the system from the scratch. Even if you've done that, who can promise you that the system they will ask you to build is the system you really has an experience with? Okay, so if I summarize this, so basically this is one of the steps that machine learning engineers get when they interview at Facebook, or probably now I should call it Meta, at Meta, Google, and similar companies. So machine learning engineers get that, and this is a way to assess how well they can design machine learning systems. So these are the systems that need to do something with machine learning, right? That's true. And not also that. The thing is that it's one of the most important. So let's say you can fail code interview. Well, to some extent, right? You can fail it on a different scale. And still, they can push you further. So it's <laughs> one of the critical. What happened to me, but maybe uh, this is something I prepared for later. And yeah, so you said that important interviews for detecting for assessing your level is behavioral interview, system design interview, and machine learning system design interview. So maybe can you tell us what is the difference between system design and machine learning system design? Okay, let's try to see what is disparity between those two. First of all, when you ask to do a system design interview, you usually ask about data structures, about different server-side components, like what are the databases, what is the amount of data will be processed? What is the write throughput? What is a read throughput? How you would work with the cache? How would you work with the load balancing, sharding, 
splitting and etc etc so so it's basically the software engineering while on machine learning design usually the thing is to understand how you will build it from machine learning perspective let's give an example right Mm -hmm. okay let's take for example the thing is that the one of the question how would you build a model which has to catch a fraud on the platform so, for example, let's imagine the best way. If I had the crystal ball, which tells me with 100% accuracy if this transaction is a fraudulent or not, then the problem is solved, right? I just take the ball, I just run the transaction through the ball, ball tells me one or zero, so that's done. However, we understand that it will never happen. There will be some discrepancy always. So now we can say we know that we have to output not zero or one, but some score between zero or one when we have a transaction. Now, when we have a transaction, now that probably means we'd like to be have the system real time. Okay, let's let's put it in mind. Real time system score between zero and one. Okay, it's a fraud. Let's say we're speaking about the money. Does it mean that ten bucks is of the same importance as a hundred thousand bucks? Probably not. Meaning that we need to have a probability of this transaction being fraudulent and not just a score between zero and one, as soon as we have a probability, we can calculate the expected fraud, which already leads us to the first metric to assess the quality of the model, which is an expected calibration error or weighted expected calibration error. Okay, we've got that. We also know that the ideal solution would be a binary classification task, one and zero, the crystal ball, right? We know that this will never happen. However, we know that it's binary equation and the output has to be between zero and one and it has to be a probability. So that also tells us what should be our loss function. The loss function should be from a family of a proper scoring function. Fortunately, the very basic log loss is good here. So we know that we might start from a log loss. We also know that we might start from a very basic linear regression model. Why is that? because we know that it has to be very fast in real time, right? We also know that fraud coming from people, people are very creative creatures, very creative, and they are notorious for being very adaptive. So we know that suddenly the pattern might change. So with a linear regression, we can retrain the model in online fashion and adapt as well for these changes. However, it depends on how fast we will receive our labels. And so you see, we're coming to a completely different question. How can we gather the labels? Okay, what is fraud and what is not? Are these labels 100% sure? Or there is some noise there? Because, well, there might be some noise. Hey, the first assumption, there is no noise. We come later to that. Good. Now, how we just gather our labels? How much time will pass until the transaction will be labeled. Is it immediately? Probably not. Day, two days, three days, 30 days. Given that, do we need to update our model in real time? So we're coming back, you see? Okay, but let's say just we'll make a very simple design by the definition, linear regression, we have a log loss. We know that one of the metrics would be expected calibration error and would be just maybe weighted expected calibration. Also, what else? Should we take a look into other metrics? Probably, yes. But we know that the fraud is very class balance skewed. So we know that class imbalance is extremely high there. We also know that it might change. 
So that means that if we would like to take a look into the metrics, these metrics, they have to be class balance insensitive, probably, because otherwise just class balance change, metric change, but models model is the same. Okay, so what are the most favorite metrics? Is it precision and recall? Recall is class balance insensitive, while precision is class balance sensitive. So forget about precision. Can we replace precision with something? Why not? Specificity, also not bad. Okay, something else. Maybe we know that there is some threshold of expected fraud level, which we can just go with, and then we can't. Do we need to introduce some ways? Okay, good. What data will we will use? Is it amount of transaction? Is it just history of the user? How fast we will update them? Now, let's say we have a model. How can we assume that model is better than the previous? Because we have some offline metrics. We have an expected calibration error, weighted expected calibration error, precision. We don't have precision, forget about it. It's bad metric because it's cloud balance sensitive. We have specificity, we have recall. What now? We can run an A-B test to see the online performance, right? How would we see that? How long we need to run A-B test, et cetera? So all these things have to be called. Okay, now let's say I told you about the basic features. What about feature engineering? Like I said, linear regression, it doesn't take non-linearity into account. Can I do that with the basic feature engineering? Probably, if you have enough data, just having a polynom of the second degree, which shows you an overlap between features, how they interact with each other is enough. Because if you have trillions of data points, you can do that. Your sparsity is not an issue here. And so on and so on and so on and so on. Yeah, that's quite a lot of things. And so this was an example of machine learning system design. So you, the interview starts and then the person, the interviewer asks you, let's design a system for detecting fraud. And then you probably ask this person a few questions and then you do this information dump on that person, right? Best way is even not to ask, but let, let's say my assumption is that, do you agree with that or not? Like you ask the question, but actually you made an assumption, say, are you okay with that? Well, because look, you've been given some information. Mm -hmm. Okay, then of course in real world, you would gather the context because context mm -hmm. can make everything very different. Because imagine like in the case in the fraud, if you receive a label within a minute, it's very different to if you receive the label within months. It affects everything. But you could make an assumption. You say, like, my assumption is that. And to be honest, I made might be many assumptions. And nobody prevents you from making assumptions which will make your life easier. Yeah, indeed. And uh, while you were talking, so the, the original question I actually asked you was about the difference between system design and machine learning system design. And I think it's very clear what machine learning system design is. So it requires some domain knowledge, right? To some extent, or making some assumptions, and then you need to walk through the process of solving a particular problem. And I have an example that I, from my personal experience of being interviewed at one of these companies, so on system design, I had the question to design a system for finding places of interest. So let's say I go to London, right? I go to whatever central square you have in London, and then the system would need to give me all the points of interest, all the interesting places within, let's say, the closest ones. Right. It was a system design, right? It was a system design. Okay. I, right. I had almost the same question on my interview in the Facebook. Yes. 
And then, so that was the system design part. So there I needed to think how exactly I store these things, like how I retrieve them fast, how I do, you know, sharding, load balancing, all that. And then on machine learning system design, it was a very related question. So the question I got there was, okay, now we have this system that returns the closest points of interest. Now let's have a recommender system there. So let this system return the most interesting, 15 the most interesting places that are interesting to this specific user. So I think this is a nice example to show the difference between the two. So in one, you need to design a system, you don't think about machine learning at all. And then on the second, you don't need to think about the scalability, load balancing, sharding, all that. You have a specific problem, machine learning problem that you need to solve, and then you go through the solution, right? Exactly, yes. Like the, you, could, you could also make the same example of the fraud system. Now the system design question would be, can you build the system which will handle trillion transactions per day? Mm -hmm. And these transactions are coming from this. So you see... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if uh, the ML system design, you would talk through this log loss and things like this. Right. But where does system design actually come into picture here? Because here we talked about selecting the right metric, right? So that is the important thing uh, was, right? So you said it was log loss for this specific case, or even before log loss, uh, I think it was... Expected calibration error. Yes. And based on that, I said that I need a loss which comes from a family of the proper scoring functions. Yeah, so you need to say all these things, right? And then once you say, okay, this is the thing we are measuring, this is the baseline model you said, like a linear regression, right? Or logistic regression. And then you start building on top of that, right? Yeah. And for example, I remember that I was doing that for Facebook. Suddenly the guy asked me, okay, you said that the metric would be AUC. What is AUC? Why you said it's a ranking metric? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that's because it's like what it does that. And I said, okay, okay, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. But where do we actually design systems? Or this is what you mean by, like, do we need to say that this system is doing this and then there is another system or it's more about designing the... I don't get the question, but by itself, it's a system. Every machine okay. learning model, it's not like a model, it's the whole system because you, mm -hmm. you have a features coming to the model, model output something. This output also to be taken into account. There might be A-B testing here, there might be feature preparation here. So it's like, it's a whole system. Mm -hmm. But look, there are companies creating just a parts components for these systems like you can take as a feature store feast right it's like closer to the system design so it might be that you can call that engineering software engineering system design and machine learning system design because mm -hmm. in both you have to design a system and just you designing systems with the different goals yeah and uh, so i was already talking about my experience of interviews so there i was interviewed for a tech lead position and this question was about uh, designing a recommender system for a point of interest, for points of interest. And the way I approached it, so first I proposed a metric. I don't remember what was the metric. I think probably like when, let's say you have a recommender system, looking at what user clicks and actually, you know, maybe goes there to this place could be a nice metric to measure. Then I suggested some heuristics. I don't remember, like maybe suggesting clustering people by interest and then suggesting like just selecting the most popular points of interest for each cluster specifically and then recommending this to this user and then yeah i suggested then some other heuristics on top of that and then at the end i had a bit of time to talk about actual machine learning 
And then I thought I really nailed it. So I thought I really did very well in this interview. And the interviewer was nodding all the time. <laughs> like, okay, like, yeah, keep going. So I really didn't think that something could be wrong there. So I was really afraid of the uh, coding parts. I was also not super sure about system design part. And then a few weeks after that, I got feedback. So uh, that feedback, uh, like the recruiter told me that I did well in coding parts. I also did well in system design, but I completely failed the machine learning system design part. Completely failed? Yeah, well, not completely, but they didn't like me. And I guess for a tech-led position. What? The British HR <laughs> would never write you that. The British okay. HR would write you, Alex, it was wonderful. It was brilliant. There was just a slight uh, miscommunication or something like that. They'll never tell okay. you completely. They'll never. Unbelievable. Yeah, I might be wrong with using the words. So I think the recruiter probably should use different words. But the reason for me to fail in the process, the whole interview, was machine learning system design, not the others. Because I was afraid of others, but others I did well, but I felt that one. And the reason there was that the interviewer expected me to talk about actual machine learning. Instead, we talked about metrics, heuristics, and then I didn't take have time to actually cover machine learning. Yeah, what do you think about this? Is it a typical process? Uh, is it expected? Look, let's be honest. Uh, the interviewer was a human, mm -hmm. and human are subjective. Might be a bad day. However, I mean, I'm to be to some extent, I'm surprised because it's hard to say if the interviewer was noting. Maybe, maybe again, the way you remember it and the yeah. way it was. Like it's like a natural thing for human beings to remember. Wow, wow. So you, there is even the saying, lies like a witness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's hard to say. However, usually you could try to secure yourself. And during the interview, you could ask, do you want me to focus on that or let's go? Also, another good way would be just to sketch. Look, what we've done right now in five minutes we almost finished a very, very, very basic design of the fraud system, right? Because we already spoke about loss function, the model, the feature interaction, the metrics, even mentioned A-B tests. So now we could go, okay, we outlined it. Do you want me to focus on something else? I'll go step by step, diving deeper and deeper. And, and so I'll make a second iteration, the third iteration, because usually, so how I was doing that, I told to the interviewer, like, I will build a baseline and then having a baseline because usually what you do in the machine, real machine learning, right? Either you take as a baseline a heuristic or you take a very simple model. You're not trying to build the spaceship from the very beginning. But again, it's hard to say. Maybe there are some signals, very, very gentle signals you were unable to read. Maybe it was just a bad day for the interviewer. To some extent, interview has a at least part of luck in it. So, but you can try to secure yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my question was more about what you think, not about uh, this particular interviewer, but about the way I approached it, right? So, like, because I approached with um, coming up with a metric and heuristic, heuristic, I think what I should have done probably instead is perhaps I spent too much time on that, right? And of course, the interviewer could have stopped me saying, Okay, let's actually talk about machine learning part. He didn't do that, but yeah, maybe this is my fault because I should have asked, as you said. But I'm wondering how much time exactly should I spend on 
talking about heuristics and how soon should they jump into machine learning and then maybe deep learning, talking about ways, like more advanced things? Well, it's an interesting question for which there is no single answer. It depends. So my opinion is that the interview has to be as close to the real job, to the real work as it can be. So to be honest, in applied machine learning, you don't usually dive very deep. You need to understand why and what. If you're applying for a machine learning research position, that's a different topic, right? So, but whatever. Usually, you set up monitoring, you pick the loss, uh, the model, the metrics, and then, uh, then you, you dive deeper. You, you have to be able to just, let's say, provide some arguments. Why did you pick this model? Why did you pick this loss function? Why did you pick this metric? However, I don't think that it makes sense, something deeper. What, what does it mean? Just write how gradients flow through the convolutional layer in the neural network, what for? Mm -hmm. But that's, you see, it's my attitude. <laughs> yeah, or uh, maybe how to do back propagation for batch norm, right? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, I've been asked this question. Let's that. <laughs> yeah, but, by the way, I had this question interview once. Okay, so did you remember how to do yeah, this? Yeah, I, I was able to some extent, I think. Okay. Yes, I, I managed this. <laughs> okay. Because look, I mean, for oh, come on, batch norm, okay, so there's normalization, some, okay. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, so how do we actually prepare for such interviews? So for machine learning system design interviews, because it feels just being a practitioner is not enough because you never know first uh, what exactly is expected. I guess you need to ask that. And also you might get a question that is outside of uh, your domain expertise. Let's say I work in e-commerce and then, then I get a question in recommender systems, right? So maybe I'm not working with recommender systems right now. So how can we prepare for such interviews? There are many ways how you can prepare. There are many services on the web in which people from a Facebook really conduct these kind of interviews, uh, can do that for you for a small fee of 200 bucks, and then they will give you a review. However, I haven't seen any, any credible course on that, on machine learning design. Well, you could also try, you could try to ask for feedback. That's, that's difficult. Actually, I have an idea to make the course on machine learning design, but we decided to start from a just system design mm -hmm. because system design covers more people. Obviously, it's easier to sell because audience is bigger. Mm -hmm. Okay, because it's also not just uh, machine learning engineers, but all the engineers. Yeah, like everybody from a software engineer to machine learning engineer, these people go through system design. So that's why the audience, by definition, is higher. Mm -hmm. So one way, of course, you, you do this at work. Other way, you find people who can help you with that. Is there anything else you can do? I don't know, watching some conference talks? Well, there are some ML system design overviews on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I've done my fair share, uh, however, in Russian, so only people who speak Russian or understand Russian can do them, but there is information. So look, uh, process to get hired into the Facebook is standardized. Mm -hmm. Also, you can have an extensive experience. So to be honest, I've made no preparation for ML system design. Like I was sure in that part because that's the only thing I can do probably, <laughs> <laughs> design the system on the paper. 
but well, extensive experience and being uh, talk talks about that paper. So I don't know, to be honest, because it's hard for me to answer because I, I made no preparation by myself for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, if we take an e-commerce company, a small one, then we can think what kind of questions they may ask us uh, candidates that could be about designing a search system, designing a I don't know, recommender system, so the typical things that they do. However, when it comes to Facebook, in Facebook, Facebook does so many different things. You never know what kind of domain you might get. So they may ask you to design a feed, news feed, for example, or they might ask you to design a point of interest recommender system or a fraud detection system for WhatsApp, right? It could be anything. They will. I mean, actually, it's my favorite part because You've seen the ML design interview I conducted, right? Mm-hmm. So you notice that my favorite thing is just person is coming. I know this person's background. I don't ask the question, which is completely outside of the area of this person. And that's fun. That's hilarious. That's what you did with me, right? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, I've been preparing just trying to for everybody. But that makes sense. However, there are still some patterns, there are still some stages uh, which are common for everything. You still need to gather data, you still need to understand what should be the metric, the loss function, what's the model, why is the model, what is online about versus offline, should it be adjusted on the fly, etc. And you see, to be honest, it's not that many steps, mm-hmm. right? And then come back, come back, come back, come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so speaking about this mock interview, so a while ago, I had a mock interview with Valeri, so Valeri interviewed me. The question was about designing a fraud detection system. You right? could imagine that. Yeah. On this interview, you showed a machine learning project checklist. But can you talk a bit about uh, that document? So what is there and yes. why it's helpful for designing ML systems? Back in the days of the Facebook, uh, a number of practitioners, they decided that, well, we have many machine learning services. Probably we need to write a comprehensive list of checks, we need to pass the service through. And it's actually a very good uh, preparation guide for system design because it covers exactly these points. Well, it's very comprehensive, like 16 pages document. However, you could also go and find the book from O'Reilly written by people from Google, by Googlers about ML design practices, something like that. I think machine learning design patterns? Yeah, something like that. So you see, it's to some extension, you might have this checklist, you might just extend it to the whole book, but the, it remains the same. So again, model coupling, decoupling, A-B test, features, uh, losses, uh, model types, uh, online, offline, batch processing, whatever. So it's if you know the basic points, then you go, it's like uh, from A to B, from B to C, from C to D, the same for system design. It's like to some extent solving the cases for a consulting company. And they train you to solve any case, even if like you've never been working in the aircraft to create a company. But somehow now you're an expert and you can suggest a CEO of this company how to run his or her business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in this checklist, so let's say we need to design a system, not necessarily for an interview, but just design a system. So what is the first thing we need to do? Do you remember what is in this checklist? Well, I don't remember what the first thing there, but I think that the first thing is what you really would like to do. What is your goal? Mm -hmm. And is it really achievable? So why are you doing that? 
What is your end goal in this fraud? What is your end goal in recommending people some interesting place? Is the goal that they will find it as quick as possible? Is mm-hmm. the goal they will rummage through your app? Is the goal that they'll have to spend more time on the platform? Which, mind you, is the goal for many companies. Mm-hmm. Like their main metric is how many minutes, how much time the person spent on the platform. Now, understanding the goal, you have to think, okay, can I directly run for this goal? Or I can't for, for many reasons. And I have to approximate it. I have to use a proxy goal to that. Like for measuring if you're moving towards this goal or not, right? Yeah. So, for example, let's say you need to create a system like an ads on the Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. So why do you need to do that? You probably would like to increase your total income, total revenue, mm-hmm. right? Okay. However, what can you do? Is the click, so you can train your system on the clicks, is it good enough? Well, probably not because the person who just bought an ad, this person expects that the person who clicked will buy, mm-hmm. right? So the click by itself leads to clickbait. Mm-hmm. So now, okay, can I train the system on buys? Well, that's to some extent more difficult because clicks are rare events. However, purchases, to purchase something, it's even less frequent. So then you try, okay, I, may, I can try to take a combined loss. However, I'll never be able to assess it really in offline. So on the, what I can do is just, just to assess it in real time, like in A-B test. But if I'll do that in A-B test, and I have the old system of 95% and the new system of 5%, is it still, they're not affected? Or if I will run the whole traffic, the money will somehow just move from one pocket to another. Like other really independent, sometimes it happens, like a market budget allocation problems. So there are many things which might shut you in the lack. Okay, so we need to define the goal, right? It could be people spend more time on the platform or we earn more money. And then we need to find a way to measure if we're moving towards achieving this goal. So defining a metric. Yes, to approximate your, okay, can you move directly to your goal or can you approximate moving to your goal? Also, the thing is that if metric becomes your goal, with some time, it usually ceases to be a good metric. Uh, I imagine in this case of uh, more money, you can just fill your entire feed with ads, right? Yeah, for some time it will work, but again, as you see in the long run. Mm-hmm. So you need to also to have some other metrics, right? Not just the main one, but also like, are people still spending time on our feet or not? Right, like spending time, uh, their attrition rate, their churn rate, mm-hmm. uh, retention, what else? And many, many things. Mm-hmm. Many, many okay, things. so we do this. And then you also mentioned A-B tests. So we define a metric. Then we say how exactly we are going to measure this metric. And what do we do next? What is in this checklist? Well, let's say we know what we would like to do. We know how we can try to optimize in this way. So what does mean optimize in this way? Meaning that if my model improved, there is a high chance that my metric of interest will be better. Now, okay, I need to think about the labels, but it's obvious, right? This metric, you can say it's a label. I will construct my labels. Now, you can say that labels are wise. Now we need to think about access about the features. Okay, what features we have? 
Okay, we have these, these, and that features. Uh, they might make sense, right? Now, we have X and Y, we need a model. What kind of model? We have target, we have labels. What about the loss function? Can we put it just directly in the loss function or not? Okay, now come back to the features. We have a basic features. Do we need to make anything like, do we think they interact with each other? We need to do some pre-processing. Okay, think about that. Now, let's say we can put the model. We have X, we have Y, we can train it, right? So what happens here? Let's do that. Now, we've done that, we receive some output. Okay, how do we know if this output is a good? Let's think about validation, right? Validation, because we didn't speak about that on, off, on fraud system, but actually we, we spoke about offline metrics. For offline metrics, you need to have probably a data set in which you evaluate it. And then A-B test, how would you run A-B test? How long, how many samples you need? Uh, what metrics of, of interest, etc., etc., etc. Perhaps if you cover all these parts during your system design interview, you're already in quite a good position, right? Yeah, but that's not, so to be honest, if we speak about the real system run more, because let's mm -hmm. say you have an A-B test, output, tra-la-la, everything is good, but in real system, many things might appear. Mm -hmm. Distribution shift for features might appear, and we need to be able to detect it. Target or class imbalance might appear. Model might, might be broken. Do we need to have a fallback? We need to monitor the model, model performance. What we'll do if the performance is much lower? Do we have a fallback? So like you see like a system, because there are many more checks for a real mm -hmm. system. Because real system, let's say we have a perfect model for our ads ranking, and the model for somehow is broken or... Or slow, right? Or turn to be crazy. Right, slow, mm -hmm. it's not bad. Crazy. <laughs> and crazy, you mean outputs uh, random stuff? or? Yeah, yeah, for example. or Because there is feature shift distribution. So mm -hmm. we need to detect. We need to detect feature shift distribution, target distribution, uh, model performance, right? And have a plan B to switch to that. But uh, look, I need to take a look into this document <laughs> before <laughs> I can tell you. That's why smart people... We're doing that for, for quite some time. It's not like I can pull it from my head immediately, but there are many things which might mm -hmm. shoot you in the lack. Yeah, maybe before you do this, I realize we don't have a lot of time and there are quite a few questions. But before we go to these questions, so we talked about this distribution shift, class imbalance, uh, model breaks, fallbacks. We should also mention that during the interview, right? It also shows our experience exposure of to course, of these things breaking in production yeah you and... see if you'll do that you'll be ahead of 95 percent or 99 percent okay okay yeah so let's go to questions we have quite a few of them so the first question we have is what are the typical components of a machine learning system and what percentage of it is machine learning algorithms well, algorithm is just the, i think one of the smallest part is one five percent because well i was speaking with a candidate recently and i tell him look imagine you're a machine learning engineer in the company for two years right he said okay okay i can imagine that imagine that you spend an immense amount of time creating an algorithm finding the best algorithm setting up the last function all the rest and metrics it took you a humongous amount of time two weeks and you're in the company for two years what do you do mm -hmm. right so that's an answer let's say if you have right output and right input then the model is not that important if the model can handle that. Like, of course, you probably wouldn't use uh, linear regression for images. You might argue, okay, should it be ResNet? Should it be visual transformer? Should it be whatever? I don't care. But if your features 
very good and your labels make sense, then it's a second order of improvement. But if you have a best model and your features are mediocre or bad and your labels are wrong, you're screwed. So that's one. So the, the typical components of a machine learning system, this is the first part of the question, are so things that I, I guess data pipelines, data preparation, things that calculate features. Features and labels, of course. Yeah. That's the most important to those mm -hmm. features. So I think features are very important. And then the things uh, that monitor this, uh, right? Look, let's have a mental exercise. Let's imagine you have a computer vision deploying model, right? Very mm -hmm. sophisticated, 175 layers. And then this is a classification model. And on top of on this model, you have what? You have a linear classificator. Mm -hmm. What has it been? It means that actually this model classifies with a linear model. And all what is done before is just representational learning, transforming the original features to the features which might be fed to linear model very successfully. So see the features, just with this mental exercise, you can see that. So that's why you can take embeddings put them in whatever model would like to, and you have a, a proper output. Okay. Thank you. So let's go to the next one. How to make machine learning algorithms work with other parts of systems to solve real world problems? So I guess the question is more about like, okay, we have this model that we just discussed that we talked about. So this model for classifying images. So how do we integrate it with the rest of the system? And what do we need to do for that? Model is nothing by itself. That's why you have a machine learning engineer. That's why I, I don't like the job title data scientist because what is data scientist? The person who does something in Jupyter Notebook? Who, who needs that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, people need uh, a model integrated in the system. That's why they need machine learning engineer. That's why in Facebook, you're a machine learning engineer. You're coming through the software engineer plus machine learning. Mm -hmm. So yes, the company needs machine learning engineer. And then again, what was the first task for us? understand what we want to achieve. As soon as you understand what you would like to achieve, it's much easier to achieve that yeah. without understanding. Of course, randomly, you might achieve a desired goal, but the chances are not high. Yeah, so the most important thing when we start with building a machine learning system is to think about the goal. So this is something that was first in your checklist Right, and then the rest will come with that. You still think, do we really need a machine learning here? Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can be lucky and we can just avoid it. Yeah. That's, I think, that there is this article, or more like a mini book from Google, uh, which is called The Rules of Machine Learning, right? And I think there's the first rule is, what was that? You don't need machine learning or something like that? I don't know. I have read this book. You see, I passed the ML design interview, so <laughs> that's why I can just now uh, lay on my back and do nothing. <laughs> That's cool. And yeah, the question is about the book you mentioned. The book was machine learning design patterns, right? Well, something like that from Google. Yeah. So it was, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's a good book. Unfortunately, it didn't reveal me anything, but still it's, it's okay. It's, it's a good book. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess for practitioners who work with machine learning, they would think, okay, I knew all that. But what they did, the authors, is they categorized, so they went through... Yeah, it's the good this. taxonomy, it's the good taxonomy, it's a good book. So if it didn't reveal me anything, it doesn't mean it's a bad book. It just means that it's my problem. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, I think for many people it will be useful because for each pattern there, they talk when exactly you need to apply this and how to apply this. So they talk about what kind of tools are there. And since this is a book from Google, there is a lot of focus on Google Cloud, but they also talk about open source solutions like Kipfor, sure. for example. Well, of course. Google Cloud yeah. is not the worst cloud, definitely. We use Google Cloud in blockchain, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so another question from Alvaro. Alvaro is graduating soon, and he is a machine learning intern at a startup. And he's starting a job hunt, hopefully at Punk. So how much system design should he expect as a new grad? I think no system design at all, probably. I mean, look, who would expect from fresh grad to design highly complicated distributed system, high load with a state-of-the-art machine learning? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And as mm -hmm. far as I know, well, again, I didn't apply as a fresh grad to the Facebook, but as far as I understand, there would be no system design at all. Mm -hmm. What do you, do they ask? Coding, like lead style coding questions? Lead code style coding, behavioral, probably that's it, like two or three coding and one or two behavioral. Mm -hmm. That's not much to ask from a, maybe they will, for a machine learning, they might ask about algorithm, how do they work inside it. It makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And then at what level? I think you were saying level four, which is a little middle no, level, and then level, level five. five. So level five, but there is no clear like no. We will tell you you're level five. You'll be interviewing for level five. Of course, it's always some some margin. So you mm -hmm. you might end up being level four, but still go through this interview because you go on the brink between four and five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, when you interview, so they probably add uh, this round and then they use this round to assess which level. Yes, to yes, yes, on. yes. This is one of the most important stages to estimate the level. I mm -hmm. mean, you can't estimate, okay, you solve the lead code medium. So does mm -hmm. it mean you level four or level eight? <laughs> Come on, of course not. It's, yeah, right. it's not a lead code. Lead code just to, to show that to some extent you can write a code, which is, to be honest, in my opinion, these lead code style interviews are not very much correlated with the real ability to write the code. Yeah, they show how you can solve puzzles. Yes, also how you can just train yourself because, well, to my surprise, I've seen people who just uh, told me, look, look, I've done these 400 lead code exercises, but I failed an interview because they asked me a new task I've never solved before. So now I'm doing 500 more. And I think, wow, come on. I mean, there are just six or seven patterns, even less like, what is that? Dynamic programming, backtracking, divide and conquer, and there are a couple of algorithms you have to know in data structures, and that's it, go on. Mm -hmm. But still, that means that you can just train yourself at this lead code style, and still you can't be very weak in writing a real code, and vice versa, it also might happen. So if you're a fresh graduate and you're interviewing for a junior position, you will not have this, but if you apply for regular, let's say machine learning engineer, doesn't even have to be senior, you will have this, and then they will decide what kind of level to put you. I believe so. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't think we have a lot of time for more questions. There is an interesting question from Vijay, is about what is the best way to validate the model performance in production? Do we need humans for that, or there are other ways of doing that? I mean, the best way is to have an A-B testing, mm -hmm. A-B test. However, if you need human to have labels, then yes, you then, then label it, and receive you. If you don't need human to label the output, then you don't need human. So, but A-B test, I mean, that says causal inference, right? 
Yeah, so well, let's say in this example that we talked about point of interest. So there we can validate based on the feedback how exactly people use our system. But yeah, we run an A-B test there and what is the metric of interest? Again, mm -hmm. you see this question pops up every time. What is the metric of interest? What we're actually trying to achieve? Yeah, and in some cases, uh, I guess uh, in these fraud systems, it's trickier. Then sometimes you need people fraud specialists to look at the transactions and say... Yeah, how fast you can receive labels. Yeah, exactly. Okay, maybe one last uh, question. So it seems like you have a very solid data science profile, Grandmaster at Kaggle. That's pretty solid. <laughs> Did you use the data scientist profile? Because I told you that I don't like data scientists as a <laughs> job title. I find it awful and terrible, right? So you're just, you're just nudging me in my pain point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the question is, so with this profile, you're very good at doing data science stuff. How did you transition from data science to being good at system design? I mean, never was an issue, to be honest, because I was in the right place in the right time having this opportunity to do that. But it's again, it's uh, system design. It's very simple. You have these pieces, not that many pieces, to be honest, and you just... Mm -hmm. And that's it. Don't have a good answer. Okay. Yeah, I guess... Uh... The answer may be just being a practitioner, so because models don't live in isolation, right? Yeah, look, in fact, if you know how to do that uh, and you've been hired, you feel yourself very good. <laughs> I felt myself very good in Facebook, very easy, had a great uh, results and performance review, me and my team, so pff, it was easy. <laughs> okay. Left in the right time if you take a look into the stock right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I think that's all we have time for. So maybe last one, how can people find you? Uh, well, we can find me on LinkedIn, just type in my name. I see you just use a Y instead of II with the new uh, rules. It should be II on them. Okay, I copied it from Slack. Well, I think that, I will yeah, change it. I think that people can, can still find me on LinkedIn and find some questions there. Yeah, there are so many different ways of spelling, Valeri. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> not that many different, but there are definitely some More ways. than one. Yeah, true, true. More than one, some ways. Okay. And then you can also use W, right? Maybe for uh, Germany. For Germany, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Alex. And you have a great evening and great weekend. Take yes. care and see you. Yeah. Goodbye. And thanks everyone for joining us today as well. So goodbye.